everybody. Welcome to Supplements, the podcast for learning a little bit about wines and a lot about natural supplements. I'm Val. I'm Ben. And today we have a guest, my mom. Hello, everyone. Stick around as we rate some wine and then discuss the specifics of a different herb, vitamin, or other natural supplement every week. Today we will be tasting a Pinot Noir out of France and then chatting a bit about zinc. Keep in mind that while I have a ton of knowledge in the area of supplements, I am not a doctor, and this podcast does not substitute for any medical advice. So, cheers. what wine do we have today? (laughs) Ah, I'm glad you asked. This week, we are drinking what I think is a delicious wine called Saint-Audet Nuit. It's a Pinot Noir, and as you said, it is from France. Let's, uh, Let's get to tasting, shall we? Okay. Is that the first we'll do? I guess we should explain the setup here. I think... This week, I'm going to do the, the reading and the quizzing. And Val and Denise, Val's mom, um, are going to be reading this wine. And we'll see how close they get to the actual profile of the wine. Yes. By the good people at First Leaf. Do you want to give us like a small overview about what we should expect? No, I don't. Okay. Actually, I want you to go for it. Cheers. Initial thoughts. That is a full body wine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So are we rating body first? We can rate body first. It's so, mom, this card that you see, they rate these categories from one to five. Oh, got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there are five different categories uh, matching up with some of the most common ways of categorizing and classifying wine. So first we can start with body. You've already let the cat out of the bag with your description of the wine as full bodied. Are you standing by that out of five? Yes. All right. Is that a five That's out it. of five that you're I saying? I suppose so. It's a five out I'm of giving five. it a three. A three. Okay. According to the truth that is the card in my hands, the actual score is a two, which I think is quite interesting. Hmm. I don't think I would have said the fullest body, but not a two, probably. Val is currently checking the color for those that are not here in our kitchen with us. I was checking to see how much it was sticking to the side of the glass. Uh, checking the legs. All right. There's a moderate amount of legs on the glass. A little leggy? Just a little leggy. Can we do tannins next? Oh, sure. Let's go for it. Yeah, I think it's like five. Let's do it. Yeah, five on tannins. All right, going for it. I'm going to have to go four. Four. All right. We got a five and a four, and the card is giving us another two for tannins. We clearly have no idea what we're talking about. That seems to be the case <laughs> if we go by the card, but who knows? Maybe, okay, they need, so maybe they need an update. Maybe what I'm tasting then is the acidity. Can we do that next? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Can okay. I say four on acidity? So we move from body through tannin to acidity. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, acidity is somewhat ranked on a scale from lemons to yogurt. The old lemons to yogurt ranking. Um, Where does it say that? Ah, it says it in this in this book that I've started leafing through. So you give it four for acidity. Denise, what's your what's your acidity I'll agree stamp? with a four. A four. Mm-hmm. Another two from the card. Wow. I know. If you guys just want to like go by... Maybe you should have tasted this wine blindly. No, I don't think I would have done very well. So it's best that I didn't. <laughs> if you guys want to just go by the laws of persistence, you might as well guess twos for the rest of the categories. But let's move on to sweetness. All right. Well, I was actually going to guess like a two for... Sweetness. Sweetness, sweetness and then a three for is it fruit fruit is the yeah. last one because i don't think it's very strong in either one of those oh, solid opinion mm-hmm. how are we feeling denise i'm feeling like mm. it's okay <laughs> how would you rate it on the sweetness scale a two two for sweetness three for fruit is that what it says that's that's what it says that's what All you right, said so i got two out of five that's yeah. not bad 
Doing all right. Um, That's kind of bad. When, a couple of things from the description here that I thought were pretty interesting that I'd love to get your take on and maybe your guess on. First off, this is described as a classically styled old world approach. And it's graceful, elegant, and delicate with a trace of some kind of notes. I was wondering if you if you caught these at all. There's a certain kind of flavor inside that I don't get very often in wines that I drink. It's not exactly a fruit, but it's in that kind of universe. Is it a flower? Dried floral notes. Is that something that came out to you? Did you hit the dry floral? No, but I, I just made a guess based on what you were saying. <laughs> That's fair. I was talking too much. Gave it away. I also see here that we have notes of pomegranate, strawberry, and figs. And these add a lightly savory note to the chalky tannins. Pairings on this, what do you guys think? What would you say that someone has to eat if they're going to drink this wine? Well, you were speaking of figs, so that is now in my mind. Uh, and so I was thinking maybe some brie with fig jam. Oh, that's a great one. I agree. Chocolate? Also great. What does it say? It says pork tenderloin, beef bourguignon, or creamy pasta. All very French. I can see creamy pasta. But yes, uh, all in all, uh, I think it's a, you know, a stand-up wine. It's not my favorite, but I think that that just points towards what I do or don't like. Yeah, wine. that's fair. Well, I feel great, and I'm ready to learn much more about zinc. Me too. Okay, so today I chose zinc because there's been a lot of talk about immune health and just staying healthy and preventing getting sick. And a lot of people know zinc for it being in their cough drops or in their cold preventative. So that is why I chose it. So I guess we'll first talk about things that people take it for, what kind of foods it's found in. We'll do a short overview about the different types of zinc because there are many types that are sold on the shelf and people don't always know what they should be looking for. And then we have just like a few interesting talking points and then we'll talk about signs of if you're taking too much or not enough zinc. Sounds great. So most people know for immune health, you usually just take a lozenge with vitamin C if you're not feeling that well. One thing that I thought was interesting is check the ingredients of your lozenge because if it has sorbitol or mannitol as the sweetener, it will block your zinc absorption. That seems really counterintuitive. Yes, but those are, they're sugar alcohols that don't digest as sugar in your body. So diabetics are often given products that have these sugar alcohols in them for mm -hmm. sweeteners. So just check them. But they're, and, but they're in your zinc lozenge, but they prevent you from absorbing zinc? Well, it's to make it a pleasant thing. Hmm. I mean, not everything that is sold for consumption is, you know, the safest or the healthiest. And then I'm not sure how what all of the lozenges say on the back, but we used to tell people to take a lozenge every three to four hours while you're awake, but don't go over 100 milligrams a day whenever you're doing that because you can suppress your immune system if you do. Yeah, that's counterproductive if you're taking it for boosting your immune system. So is it true that zinc can cause stomach upset or that some people might be sensitive to zinc? Yes, and I've think well you used to tell us growing up whenever you gave it to us that we had to eat something with it and That's so that was actually something that I told customers a lot in the aisle that you can take this but if you're starting to feel sick just make sure you take some food okay other things that people can take zinc for is it's actually necessary for like a hundred different functions in your body and just some of them are protein synthesis, collagen formation, 
Your wounds that you get in life can't heal without zinc. Zinc helps in every step of wound healing from your blood coagulating to scar or new skin tissue forming. So I thought that was pretty interesting. If you are a guy and you take a prostate support, it's probably in there. It's good for the prostate and it helps with the growth of reproductive organs when you're going through puberty. It's good for bone formation. It can help protect your liver from chemical damage. And it also works to kind of just control the amount of copper that you have in your body. So ideally, scientists have found that you want 10 times the amount of zinc in your body as copper. Hmm. And there are a whole slew of things that can happen if you don't have enough copper in your system. But I didn't feel like it was worth talking about in an episode about zinc because this is not about copper copper will have its day we it don't will need have its to day. give copper more time than it deserves but to control the copper you need the zinc and controlling yeah. the copper is important <laughs> the last thing that i thought was most interesting given this pandemic and again i'm not a doctor or a medical researcher but zinc does help control how well you taste and smell and since loss of taste and smell are symptoms of covid i looked into Kind of the studies that are going on since there are consistently studies going on about COVID and what might cause it, what might help it, what might help you not contract it, or what might help you not suffer so much if you do contract it. And I found an article on the NIH website about the correlation between COVID and proper zinc intake. So it turns out that most of the high-risk groups for COVID are also groups that were associated with zinc deficiency, including the elderly population, people with autoimmune diseases, people with diabetes, obesity, COPD, asthma. It also said that zinc deficiency is responsible for 16% of all deep respiratory infections worldwide, like in general. It's a kind of long article, but I really think that it's worth the read. There was a really interesting chart in the paper. And here, I'm going to pull it up so you guys can look at it. There's like this Venn diagram. That's complicated. I love a Venn diagram, though. And it shows the high-risk groups for COVID and all of the groups that have been correlated with zinc deficiency. So you can see everything that overlaps. And there's quite a few. And then it kind of shows you how zinc works in your respiratory tract to help make sure that your mucus linings and stuff are remaining healthy and doing the things that they should be doing. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big chart with a lot of information. I will link that article on Facebook. And so I do encourage whoever is listening to this to go ahead and check it out because it is quite a fascinating article. And the chart that's on here has just so much information on it. I just thought it was really cool about how just like your cells intake zinc and how exactly it works with uh, virus response. Who knew the lungs were so complicated? I mean, they are. There's just like people... so much to it. I mean, it's not necessarily a reason to over supplement with zinc, but it's certainly a reason to be on the lookout for um, what your zinc levels might be and to make and to take steps to make sure you're not deficient. Right. So you n- you never want to just read an article about something or listen to a show about something and think, wow, that thing's probably the best thing ever. And so I just need to take so much of it all the time. But like minerals in your body, like a little bit goes a long way. So I said earlier about the 100 milligrams, mm-hmm. like don't go over 100 milligrams a day. That's just what like I've kind of learned 
from working and like getting trainings in the industry that can suppress your immune function. But you said that you were reading an article, right? No, I just, I saw some comments on the NIH website about even levels around, I think they were quoting something like 60 milligrams a day for a prolonged period of time, matter of weeks, was showing some signs of some negative impacts on immune response. Right. And then the FDA also has the daily upper limit set at 40 milligrams. So that upper limit is just something that the FDA kind of has to set legally. For certain things. Just talk to your doctor, right? Correct. If you're going to be... Yes. You don't want to take too much of anything. If you are coming down with a cold or you think you may have the flu, whether it be the regular flu or COVID, maybe during these couple weeks you up your zinc intake a little bit and then back off a little bit or no? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I would not take all the time. Additionally, there's like so many good supplements that I would like to take, but you can't take everything all at once. You kind of have to take it as your body needs it. If you take a multivitamin, there's probably zinc in that. And then also like all the foods that you eat are all going to have, you know, their own vitamins and minerals and stuff. And minerals are not like water soluble vitamins they're not just gonna pass out of your body because you've had too much of them so like a high amount every once in a while can be helpful but you never want to supplement with like large amounts of stuff all the time over a prolonged period of time or i wouldn't personally so would your multivitamin identify the type of zinc that's in it a good one should. Here again, we have Ben's multivitamin. Well, we just like which, which it, it we're stays not, out we're on not the counter. Identifying the brand, right? Did we do that? Oh, we definitely yeah. can. Ben takes the uh, Blue Bonnet Men's One. It's a whole food multi. It's a good one. I picked it out myself. Got my Blue Bonnet. <laughs> so the zinc in Ben's multivitamin is uh, lysinate chelate. So glycine is an amino acid, and what you'll find in a lot of supplements is that your minerals will come chelated, that means attached to an amino acid, and that makes it easier to absorb. That way your body can use it the way it is. There are a lot of types of zinc. As you'll see, if you're ever shopping for minerals, just minerals in general, there are a lot of different kinds. And that's because they name them based on what they're bound with to make them absorbable. So magnesium is is one that you'll see, like a million different kinds. So the ones that we sold were zinc bicolinate, which is just bound with picolinic acid. They bind the zinc with that acid and it makes a mineral salt. Mm -hmm. And that's what that is. And so they do the same thing with citric acid. So that's your zinc citrate and glucolinic acid, which is your zinc gluconate. And then you'll see ones labeled as just chelated zinc. Usually they're bound with the glycine like yours. You also see that labeled as zinc glycinate. Mm -hmm. They also, I'm not sure that we sold any but you can find zinc as zinc sulfate, but I think that's an inorganic compound. Mm -hmm. So would you, I'm not positive about like, would you supplement with that? Mm, I'm not comfortable answering that question. (laughs) I read that. um, I don't think I personally would, but. Well, I just never really saw it on the shelf, but I read that the doctors will give that to you if you're deficient. So if your multivitamin doesn't specify what type of zinc is in it, then maybe choose a different multivitamin? Maybe. But if, if your multivitamin is not specifying what kind of zinc is in it, it's probably not specifying lots of other things. So it just, 
I mean, you really do want to know what kind you're taking because each of them talks about how it makes it more absorbable. But some people really do just have a preference. There's also something you'll see called OptiZinc. So if your multivitamin says that it has OptiZinc, it's just a trademarked form of zinc that's bound with the amino acid methionine. The OptiZinc version has just been shown to have a higher antioxidant activity. So it's similar to vitamin C or E or A. A good OptiZinc to take is Source Naturals. Source Naturals is a really great brand that works with vitamin angels to help make sure that children that might be deficient in different vitamins because they're not eating enough can receive supplementation. Hmm. It's a good program. So back when you were younger, I heard on the news that a leukemia patient, a young girl, didn't like to take her zinc, so she would put it under her tongue, sublingual, mm -hmm. and it ended up that she healed quite quickly from her cold, and they couldn't understand how that could happen, and they attributed that to zinc, and that really sparked a lot of conversation about zinc. So can you talk a little bit about sublingual? Yes. Underneath your tongue is very blood and vein and capillary rich, right? It's really soft and it's sensitive and you don't have a lot of like nerve endings there really, I don't think. Like under your tongue doesn't really get itchy or irritated, right? But you can, if you say if you're having trouble absorbing any supplement that you're taking, you can take it sublingually and it will go directly into your bloodstream instead of having to go through your digestive tract first. So that could have been helpful as well. I mean, she might have been absorbing it a lot better as opposed to it just getting passed through maybe and through her intestines and her gut and stuff. I remember you talking about that when I was younger too. I love it. It's so cool. We actually talked about that in the episode about B12 because you had texted me, what do you do about it tasting so bad? And there's like not really much you can do about it. You can take it under your tongue and then it just lasts for like a minute or two, but it's good for you. So, so suck it up. Just do it. You guys might be wondering what you can eat that has zinc in it. I am wondering if there's anything on our wine pairing list that also has zinc that I could okay, eat go ahead my and, delicious wine. Go ahead and guess. It, it said pork tenderloin, beef, bourguignon, mm -hmm. and creamy pasta. A guess of those three things, which one has, which one has the most zinc? Is that the game? I'm going to guess the beef. I'm going to guess the pork. I think it might be the beef. They're bigger. That's fine. Well, I think that. red meat has more than pork. Okay. Okay. Pop quiz. Oh. It's your episode pop quiz. I'm right. going to incorporate this, I think, from now on. Even if I heard it before, still an A if I get what it right. What food has the most zinc in it per serving? Oysters. Yeah, I already told you. Nah, it's okay. How, um, how much zinc is there in oysters? Oysters have 74 milligrams of zinc per three ounce serving. But this list... I'll post it. It's from the NIH. The way that they want you to cook these oysters are breaded and fried. And so I'm not sure that I would personally tell anyone to bread and fry something to make sure you're getting your zinc. Maybe you can just get it some other way. Well, it's still probably coming from the oysters, I guess, right? Because even like... Probably. Even like the oatmeal only has like one milligram of zinc. Another note is that if you're going to go out on an oyster date, given <laughs> everything we just talked about, and there's 74 milligrams of zinc per three ounce serving, maybe like 
don't take your multivitamin if there's zinc in it that day or don't supplement with zinc that day. Don't take your prostate health supplement that day. Just don't take anything else with zinc in it that day because that's a lot of, that's a lot of zinc. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. I just would never have thought that oysters would carry that much far and away more zinc yeah. than anything Any else. Any upper limit that's recommended is like total, like supplement, food, everything. And how many oysters are in three ounces? I don't know. That's should my we, question. Should we look it up? I hope it's a dozen at least. Okay, it says... And that they have a lot of zinc. And they come in a half shell. <laughs> and then half shell. If they're extra small, about six oysters. But I don't know if these wow. are... What about mussels? Do you think they're in the same kind of universe as oysters when it comes to zinc content? I didn't see anything listed about mussels, actually. Mm. I looked up quite a few different lists. Most of these foods that I'm going to say are in all of the lists that I've looked up. So oysters, sesame, flax, pumpkin, sunflower seeds, red meat, poultry, crab, lobster, yogurt, brewer's yeast, sardines, whole grains have some zinc. Cereal and bread are usually fortified with zinc, but you have to be careful when you eat whole grains. They contain a substance called phytic acid and that binds with zinc and keeps your body from absorbing it. So if you're real worried about eating your oysters now and your zinc intake, then you can make sure to just eat um, something whole grain with them or in the same meal as Mm. them. So if oysters have 74 milligrams, then what's the, so the next closest food, how many milligrams would that have? I think the list said beef and it was seven. Oh, wow. It's intense. That's a big difference. But yeah, so that's what, I'm going to try and find a chart that has a few different ones. There've got to be some foods that are in between the 74 and the seven. Additionally, I'm going to make sure that I have a reliable chart because in my search for a visual, I found this article that the serving sizes on some of these foods were just ridiculous. So oysters was at the top and the serving size on the oysters for them was 50 milligrams, which has 8.3 or 50 grams is the serving size. And it has 8.3 milligrams of zinc for 50 grams. That doesn't seem too accurate given everything that I've read on every other source. Right. The next one on this ridiculous list, and this is just, I'm just saying these, just so you know that your references are always pretty important. So just, if something seems ridiculous that you're reading, just like double check it. Was this list from the NIH? No, it's not. It's just a random like, oh, eat these foods if you'd like to have more zinc. Gotcha. They have flax seeds on here, which I did say. And it says that they have 7.3 milligrams, which is 49% of your daily value, and also more than what the NIH list says for beef. And then for serving size, it says 168 grams, which seems like a lot to me. So I looked up the conversion, and it's one and a quarter cups of flaxseed. Well, a serving size is two tablespoons. Right. And the way that this website that told you to eat flaxseeds because they have 49% daily value of zinc says how to include in your diet, you can sprinkle the seeds on cooked vegetables. A cup and a quarter of a cup you're going to sprinkle on your cooked vegetables. (laughs) Like, it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So just make sure that like when you're looking up these lists and stuff, just watch the serving sizes and what they're saying because anything can have enough of something if the <laughs> serving size is big enough. The flaxseed diet, two cups of flaxseeds a day. 
There are also some herbs. Oh, okay. So for the herbalists out there, I mean, probably they know what's in their herbs, but if your doctor has told you to take a certain herb for something or other, or you're switching to more of a a functional medicine doctor or whatever the case, some herbs that contain zinc are burdock, dandelion, and those two are really good for detox. You find them in a lot of detox formulas. Cayenne, chamomile, milk thistle, which is good for your liver, like as liver support anyhow, nettle and rose hips. And those are just some. So I'll find also a chart that lists those two or some kind of visual. And I'll put that up on the Facebook page just so you can see if you're a big tea drinker. I mean, any of those. A couple of other things that I thought were just interesting in general. You lose a lot of zinc when you sweat, apparently. And Hmm. that was interesting to me because it's not... I mean, I've taken a lot of electrolyte supplements. Zinc is not usually in the main formulation in an electrolyte tablet that you might drop into your water. And it turns out it's not one of the main six electrolytes. However, I have a mineral supplement. It's Mega Food Balanced Minerals. And so it is in that supplement, which I take if I realize that I'm getting a lot of leg cramps at night. The serving size on my on the balanced minerals is three tablets, but I only will take one or two and it gets rid of the cramps that I've had hmm. until I can make sure I'm like, have fixed whatever's going on, whether it's not enough water or I am a little dehydrated or... Did you find out if the recommended daily amount of zinc goes up if you're doing like rigorous exercise in a day or you're outside working all day or something like that? I didn't see anything about that, but I'm, I mean, now knowing that you lose it when you sweat, I would say... Yeah, just be mindful. It could be part of why you're feeling like weird or a little nauseous if you do a whole lot of exercise, but your electrolyte tablets or something are not working. Your daily need goes up if you're lactating, so it's really helpful for you. I'll just check that (laughs) off the list. Or pregnant. If you're pregnant, you need more zinc, but I would not fret about that. Um, Your prenatal takes care of that for you. If you are somebody that supplements with iron and zinc they interfere with each other. So make sure you take them separately. I mean, your multivitamin will have both. And that's kind of part of the reason that you should take your multi with food to make sure that everything can be absorbed properly. Sometimes menstruating women will supplement with iron during that time of the month. So if you are supplementing with both, just don't take them together. I also read that nasal sprays containing zinc have been shown to damage your sense of smell. Oh, wow. So it's responsible for making sure that you smell properly, but not when you're squirting it up your nose, apparently. That's really interesting. Yeah. So avoid, or I mean, I guess I would avoid. Spraying zinc up your nose? Basically. (laughs) What about Zycam? Some people take that to lessen the severity or the length of time they have a cold, but I believe that contains zinc or no? I don't know. Let's look it up. I thought it was homeopathic. Here we go. Does Zycam nasal spray have zinc? Zycam cold remedy nasal spray does not contain zinc. It's the only nasal spray available to shorten colds and reduce symptom severity when taken at the onset of a cold. I am still going to look up the label. I think it's homeopathic. Yes, it's homeopathic. And you could tell because, I mean, you might not always recognize the stuff on the label, but when you see numbers like this, 4X, 6C, 30C, those are all homeopathic dilutions. Oh, great. Okay. Next, we have 
signs of if you've been taking too much zinc or if you're deficient. First, I'd like to say that everywhere I've read says that deficiency of zinc, like a serious deficiency of zinc is rare in the United States. I mean, just so much of our food is fortified with stuff, whether it's your dairy products or your cereals that- Or you're eating beef. Signs of zinc deficiency or slow growth in children and infants, delayed sexual development, hair loss, diarrhea, slowed wound healing, and decreased taste. And if you have way too much zinc, your immune system could be lowered. The efficiency of your immune system could be lowered. You can have low copper levels and low levels of good cholesterol. It seems to be like a really delicate balance between not enough and too much. Yeah, I think that a lot of, you know, when we talk about a lot of these things, it does seem that way. But like zinc works with copper, but also with vitamin C. And vitamin C works with what? Vitamins E, A. I mean, so like all these different things work with each other. And so that's why single vitamin and single mineral supplementation is important when you notice that maybe you need it for something. So like if you get your vitamin levels tested and you find that you're low, then you need it. You're just somebody that needs it, even if your diet is good. But if you test low, then you still just need it so you can it's available for you to take but otherwise i mean like that's why it's also important to get it your supplementation if you can from a whole food source because you're going to have those other things available that work hand in hand so like the OptiZinc that i was talking about earlier from source naturals also has a little bit of copper in it to make sure that it's absorbed and working correctly hmm. there are a couple contraindications with zinc and pharmaceuticals there is a rheumatoid arthritis drug, a diuretic, and a couple of antibiotics, but my pronunciation on them was really, really terrible. So I'm going to link the consumer fact sheet about zinc from the NIH, mm -hmm. and all of the contraindications are listed there. The consumer fact sheet is actually really interesting, so I do recommend going and giving it a little look, maybe before or after you are looking at that study on COVID and zinc and looking at that really sweet Venn diagram. You're a sucker for Venn diagrams. I know, I do like them. I like the visuals. Are there any other questions? I'm just excited that I finally learned where your lifelong love of zinc supplementation originally came from. <laughs> My mother. I'm so glad that we were able to track this down. I think this has been a, a real detective journey. Okay, and so that's our show for this week. Please, please remember that nothing you heard here is meant to substitute for medical advice. And if you have any questions, to please contact your doctor. Don't forget to check our Facebook and Instagram where you'll find info on the wine we tried today, along with my recommendations for the Source Naturals OptiZinc and Mega Foods Balanced Minerals. You'll also see some visuals for the foods and herbs that naturally contain zinc, as well as links leading to the NIH site for the consumer fact sheet for zinc and the article talking about zinc and COVID. If you haven't followed us yet on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at facebook.com backslash supplements or instagram.com backslash supplements. And if you have any questions about anything we might not have covered on this episode, or if you just have general feedback you'd like to share or requests for what supplements I should cover on the next episode, please email me at supplements at gmail.com. And as always, if you liked this episode, please remember to subscribe. Find supplements wherever you listen to podcasts.